Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I am still George. So, George, I have to pause just for a second and ask Travis a question. Travis. Yes, sir. How smug does George look right now, having guessed half this movie last week? I don't know. Does he remember that he guessed about half the plot of this movie last week? I do. Yes, so I do remember smug that. level at like seven. Oh, that's not so bad. Wait, smirk puts it up to eight. Ooh, yeah, nice. It's the opposite of Friday Thirteenth Part Eight, where he was like right, but he was right like three weeks ago and had no idea that he was anywhere near. Mm. Yeah, yeah. For the first time yeah, on the I show, kn- George, you were right and on time. Or Part Nine, I nailed it. Kind of. Would you say that it's maybe like you that saw it already? N- no, right. maybe that means that this movie was predictable i don't know i hadn't even seen it you told me the title and i told you what it was about uh i mean they tell you in the trailer that he's for real so it's not like you're going in not expecting it okay like in the trailer they show him put his finger in the holy water and it starts to boil Mm. so they weren't they weren't keeping it close to the vest gotcha there were some twists that you were not supposed to expect and uh We'll get to whether or not you expected those twists. But yeah, the conceit that he is working for the corporeal devil, uh, kind of on Front Street from the art of the movie, the trailer. Mm. So, uh, good and guess. based on a book, so. Yeah, good guess, uh, but, you know, good guess for George. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Common knowledge for everyone else. Essentially, The complete yes. opposite of Hellraiser. The opposite of Hellraiser, yes. <laughs> It's about a nanny. <laughs> a nanny wearing That's leather. A, it's like Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Like, uh, Hello! Hello! <laughs> it's like it's called Hellraiser, and then I it described the plot of Mrs. Yeah, Doubtfire. He described the plot of like Problem Child. <laughs> oh, man. Can we watch Problem Child? I love no. that movie. Although it's got John Ritter, so I can It does, it. and Michael Richards, pre-cancellation. Yes. Pre-cancellation. Uh, who still holds up, because my kids love Seinfeld. <laughs> BC, before cancellation. <laughs> Before cancellation, before wig out. So, George, you've seen, an you've seen an over-the-top Al Pacino performance. How are you feeling? You mean in this movie? In this movie, you've now seen like over the top. This is the quintessential. You've seen the uh, over-the-top Al Pacino now. That w- it wasn't much worse than Heat. Oh, what? This is like Nicolas Cage playing the character from Heat. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cut the chit chat a-hole yeah I mean it uh, I kind of thought that Al Pacino only played gangsters but mm. I'm seeing uh, you know that he plays more than just that um, but he plays it all the same way just like yeah. you said what's funny is he ba- you, you haven't seen Dick Tracy but he plays the villain in Dick Tracy and <laughs> he basically plays a real life version of that villain mixed with a little bit of scent of a woman, which is a little subtle, except mm. for a few of the hoo like the you know, the big yeah, yeah, yeah. iconic moments. So yeah, he's he's at eleven in this movie. Definitely. And where is I'd... he at eleven? Everywhere Everywhere <laughs> <laughs> They don't see me coming. I mean, I really like this movie. I'm gonna put that on Front I Street. Do too. And I really enjoy his performance, but I mean, we're we're in Nicolas Cage territory at this point. So this is what mm. we were referencing when we watched The Rock. And I said, okay, you've got to see mm-hmm. some Pacino in this same mode to realize that, like, you know, this is a mode that people get into sometimes. Mm. Yeah. And it's a time frame, too, because this is 97, right? When yep. was The Rock? 96. 96? Yeah. And Keanu Reeves passed up doing Speed 2 to do this movie because he didn't want to get pigeonholed into these action films. Yeah, and good for him, because this is way better than Speed 2. Yes. Whoa. Although his acting... (laughs) So, George, uh, what do you think about Keanu Reeves with a southern sort of Floridian accent and Charlize Theron, who is, like, what, South African with a southern sort of Floridian accent? How are you doing on the accent front, man? Uh, accents didn't bother me at all. They seemed fine. 
How familiar are you with the different Southern accents? Uh, not very. I can tell. Mm. Because this didn't bother me. <laughs> were they at terrible? All. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, they weren't that good. Oh, they were. They were questionable. There was more Georgia than Florida, mm-hmm. which is a pain. Uh, mm. I mean, northern Florida. It could, yeah, it's like they it's were. Regional. They were from Gainesville. Yeah, Gainesville's could, not. Gainesville's south. like dead center. It's not. You you could excuse it, I guess, but yeah, in the great it's like scheme two hours of north accents. of Orlando. Yeah, I'm not familiar enough with uh, Florida. Well, I drove to Gainesville from Orlando. It's about two hours north of Orlando. Yeah, that's where you're. And you're used to talking live. about two hours north of here, and and we're in New Jersey where we are, and it's yeah, it's fucking Al Pacino, you know, up there. The chopper. Oh, that's a chopper. That sounded a <laughs> yeah, little too, too moist. I was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> it's got COVID. It's uh, <laughs> it's a little humid up here. Yeah. Yeah, but like just two hours away from here, the accents are crazy. The Brooklyn accents and yes. The, it's, you know, Long Island and Long Island, uh, Bayonne, Manhattan, Secaucus. Yeah, they sound completely different up there. Newark. So I can see it, but yeah, I'm not familiar with Florida accents. Um, I would. I mean, I liked. Uh, what's yeah. her name? Shirley Theron. She I knew was. You would. She was good. She was almost brand new in this movie. This isn't introducing her. I think she did one other movie, Two Days in the Valley. So this is like her second movie. So yeah. she's new. And the other girl is brand new who's now famous. Uh that's her last name. The other girl? Yeah, the 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 seductress. Oh, Connie Nielsen? Wonder Woman's mom? The sister. Oh, the redhead? Yes, the redhead. Yeah. She kind of went on to do some There's stuff. the redhead, the blonde, and the DA from uh, Law and Order. Right? DA from Law and the Order. The DA from Law and Order was in this. Yeah, I don't watch Law and Order. Okay. <laughs> dun dun. What are you, your dad? <laughs> no, I didn't it? see Belzer in here. <laughs> no. Yeah. Belzer's from the other one. No, he likes uh the hell. Uh, <laughs> Matlock. <laughs> no, yeah, like yeah, he does. Uh Diagnosis Murder. Yeah. That was Dick his, Van one Dyke. of his favorites. Wolf. Uh but no, now he watches it's not CSI, what it's NCIS. NCIS. He likes NCIS. Yes, that's the Belzer, I believe. Which is like oof. But hey, um, Keanu Reeves was pretty terrible. Now you've seen I him thought. in something before. You, yeah. You're familiar I, with Keanu Reeves. I'm familiar with Keanu Reeves from uh, The Matrix. You're not familiar and with Bill and Ted's. I am. Okay, so that's with Bill this and is Ted. more Bill and Ted's. Yes, Keanu. That's but that was my range for Keanu it was yeah. Bill and Ted and uh, and The Matrix. That's what I've okay. seen him in. And then I saw this, obviously. He gets now. a second shot at this because he does a movie called Constantine, uh, which is a DC comic book character mm-hmm. that deals with the devil and the it's kind of like Hellboy. It deals deals with the, the occult. And he actually is a lot better in that movie. He's not as young. He's not as... Ugh. <laughs> I'd love to see it. <laughs> yeah. Did you say he was doing action films before this? He did uh, Speed. Did you ever see Speed? I don't think so. That's probably something you should see, just for reference. Okay. Yeah. It's a pretty I, good movie. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, no. it's one I... I don't I'm think I've a, ever seen it. That's one I, I, I'm not a huge fan of. I enjoy some of the um, the one-liners. Some I'm Dennis Hopper. I'm a fan of Dennis Hopper, and he's in it. But he's a little... And I, Sandra Bullock, I like her. So, One thing I did like... About um, Keanu Reeves, I always like to watch Keanu Reeves handle a firearm. Hmm. Every time he picks up a he's firearm, very good. At he it. follows all the rules. He's spot on. Although I don't know if he was back then. Well, that's why I asked yeah. if he was doing action movies because if he was just acting like he knew how to handle a firearm, then he's did a damn good job. But it it seems to me very likely yeah, that he, he knows what he's doing. Uh, life trained. Yeah. <sighs> For the yeah ten seconds that he handled a mm. firearm in this movie. What were your uh, thoughts on the the turning point? Which like, turning point? When it went from being a John Grisham like law film mm-hmm. to the changing room where they actually reveal that these things are cha- they're demons. Was um cuz the uh, the effects are a little 
suspect, little 90s. Yeah. Um, but it's not brief. too bad. They don't they're linger brief. on them because they know what they right. look like. Although it's Rick Baker. This is, I wanted to talk about this. Rick Baker did the design of the demons. I think he did the full, like, practical effects where it's finalized. But it's so CGI that I don't know how much of it he did. I'd have to see right. some video. Because they're really cool design. Uh, that whole um, morphing, I, I'm, I'm a fan of that. Because that kind of makes it eerie and makes it more supernatural. And not in your face. I like it more when it's not in your face. Yeah, I like it when they don't give you enough time to focus on it. Mm-hmm. So you know you saw something creepy, but you didn't get like that, time to like that pick it apart. That dream she had with the baby, that was crazy. Like where she... Oh, where the child's like... She uh, found out she couldn't have babies. Playing with a, a With her of... innards. <laughs> yeah. I was... <laughs> playing with what? Her entrails? <laughs> no. What's his name? <laughs> What's the, the director's name? The fly. Uh, the Cronenberg yeah, toy. Yeah, where the, where the, yeah. the, the child's playing with yeah. a bit of Cronenberg. All right, who, in the other who room? invited Cronenberg to the baby shower? <laughs> <laughs> Here, play with this carcass. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, the Well, to answer your question, Dan, the, uh, the effects, the changing, I probably could have done without it, to be honest with you. I think if I was, you know, writing or directing this movie, I probably would have kept the demons like more human so that there's more uh there's more kind of like you you would spend the whole movie not being sure if this is actually right like demonic the, or the not omen. yeah i would i would not have done any of the morphing stuff although it looked okay i mean it goes over the top at the end so it's kind of like i think they were just kind of preparing you yeah i could have done i could have done without all of it Although I did like the effect when I and I should really learn these people's names, but the DA from um, uh, Law and Order, when she's putting on the dress, yeah, and there's like the the effect is like it looks like hands under her under skin, her skin, yeah, that was so cool, yeah. But I could have done without it in this movie. Right. But when I w- saw the fa- the effect, I was like, well, duh, that's creepy and awesome. I know back then I bought into it because it was so subtle. Like even when the homeless guys I didn't chase him down, it was like... I feel like it was subtle at all. No. Not as I, subtle I know, as... What I mean is they weren't like fully appliance skins chasing anybody as a demon. Like it was like yeah. normal people and then all of a sudden they get like... The, it was like a flash. Almost like the um, what the conspiracy theorists would call like lizard people. Where it's like all of a sudden mm. they they lose the control of their hiding and it's something glitches, like a, an eyelid blinks the wrong way or whatever. Yeah. It's almost like that where you see it and you're like, Yeah, ah. the, the, like they lick their eye backs and they're yeah. like, oh shit, I forgot. Dude, I forgot I was supposed to be controlling this. Didn't yet. even yeah. get 15 <laughs> minutes without lizard people for those keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I'm not saying I believe in them. I'm saying that that effect he says, is you much know, better he than. Says, you know, for those people out there that believe in lizard people, <laughs> those people are. Way over the I top. I said conspiracy in theory. my in my opinion, but uh, it's just cool. One to, of the to things they do in this movie way. is yeah, they yeah. they don't have a ton of third party verification, you know, which was the thing we talked about in the Omen, where like this could be all happening in Charlize Theron's mm-hmm. mind, Marianne. Yes. She could just be losing yeah. her shit until you get the uh, murder of Eddie Barzoon, played by mm-hmm. actual criminal Jeffrey yes. Jones. I'm surprised we didn't get 15 minutes in before uh, Dan made the correlation between the Craig T. Nelson character and Donald Trump. Because, <laughs> I mean, it was... What not are you only talking they about? Use, well, they use Trump's hotel, his his penthouse. What? For are you sure Craig that was T. his? Nelson. I couldn't tell from all the gilding. <laughs> no, I Exactly. Gilded like a mofo. She even mentions his name. The one demon mentions his name at the party. Yeah, I can imagine him saying, like, listen, you can use my suite, but <laughs> just, you got to mention my name in the movie. It's all I make an appearance. You like got to make sure I'm not the one that does the shooting because that would look bad for my image, but you can make me the guy who's in a war with the New York Daily News or whatever. But this was 97. I, where... just, I just don't want anyone making movies in my place that are losers. It's like only the best movie actors can be in my place. He should have stuck to yes. Home Alone too, if you ask me. Losers. Well, he didn't actually make an appearance, and the the the, uh, the penthouse is gaudy enough to pull it off. So 
And you saved a lot of money on set design and production, art production. Losers. Losers. Did you catch what they said about him at the party, though? Yeah, something about Zuckerberg. <laughs> it's about Mork, was... uh, Mort Zuckerman, who is, I think, the oh, New York Zuckerberg. Daily News editor. Okay. Or owner. None of those guys actually do any work, but he... he... <laughs> He owns the New York Daily News, and I guess he was feuding with Trump back then. He's still feuding with Trump, even up through like 2016 and beyond. So, Egos will fight. I don't know. Well, he's a loser. (laughs) He's a loser terrorist. You're a loser terrorist. You're a four. You wish you were me. Who's Craig T. Nelson? He played the... uh... He played Colin. The one who colon. had Colin Tower and murdered his wife and Coach had a bunch of exes. But yeah, he's famous okay. for the show Coach. Had his mistress lie and then Yeah, no, yeah, I know yeah. who you're talking about now. The builder. The, the triple builder, murder yes. guy with the Yeah, the mogul. He's the dad in Poltergeist. Stuff. That's where we've seen yes, him. Yes, the dad from Poltergeist. Oh, uh, okay. And he's supposed to be the Trump character. He's an analog. What were we talking about before we got off track? Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. Who I love. And the devil. <laughs> uh, you can see why I said this was a guilty pleasure for me this movie because I knew George wouldn't like it but I was hoping we didn't actually ask George if he liked the movie or not no he said it, he could he said he could have done that? without seeing the uh, the effect of the hands under the skin he hasn't actually commented on yeah. the movie yet George yeah, okay. 20 minutes yeah. in do you like did you like this movie not really were you entertained during the process of observing this movie uh, I mean, had were you bored during this movie? I mean, that's really the question. It was it was very long. It was a very long movie, and I felt the length. So I guess maybe yeah, a little oh. bit. What? <laughs> oh yeah, I felt, I felt the length. Hey, listen. Hey now. Um, yeah, cut that. Drop it. Um, <laughs> like it's haw. Yeah. No, uh, was I bored? I don't know. Yeah, at times. Um. I don't know. I don't I don't feel like it was really well written or well executed, but I feel like it had potential. That's the thing. Like, you know, uh, the story of an attorney who's a defense attorney and ha- and that like just the reality that you have to have flexible morals to do that, right? It's necessary, don't get me wrong, like we need defense attorneys like I don't know what we do without them, but like in order to do that job, it's like that's tough if you have, you know, strong morals, I guess. And then, you know, that coupled with, see, having to defend, he actually never really defended the devil, like I said. It was really, he no, worked he was just for the devil. defending the client list. Defending the, the client, the devil's clients, basically. Which were all just Which, guilty. Yeah. And, but here's the thing, but that, that you know that lawyer defense attorney kind of struggle with morals paired with a actually getting having to defend the devil is a cool concept except for i think without all the supernatural morphing stuff and it's more kind of like you know everything looks more normal and more everyday but definitely not right. There's something not right about this. It, you know, like it feels gross. It is gross. Would have been a better way to do this movie. I like the idea of making it all in uh, his wife's head. But then I don't see. I don't really like. I I okay. So then you don't get the Pacino performance. Yeah, unless he's truly the devil. I don't like that idea either. That it's all in the wife's head. Because I feel like, and it's going it, to, this is contrary to what I said before about Wendy and the Wendy theory and yes. the Shining. But I don't think I would like to watch a two and a half hour movie that is all the imagination of a crazy person, unless. Don't watch Fight Club. I don't like that movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it. I don't like it. Um, unless it's done really, really well, like The Shining. But 
Or, I don't know. Maybe I would like it if it was... I don't know. But no, I don't think that, like, the whole, like, watching a whole an entire movie and then, like, the main character wakes up and nothing happens. It's like, oh, God, seriously? But that's like, what happened in this movie, but at least they did... Like, I always... And I don't okay. want to bring up The Walking Dead, all right. but I always said it would be cool if he woke up and then it all happened anyway. Like to if me, if he woke up from his coma in The Walking Dead and he and it all starts happening right. just the way it did in Episode One, yes, then yes, that would be that, cool. I would be fine. That's the only because way I would that's be fine like, with it. Because like all of this stuff didn't happen, but. It's it going to. Right. See, and I would argue that that's when they would start playing I Got You, Babe by Sonny and Cher, and I would I eject you, the disc directly into the wastebasket. Like, have you, ever you, seen, have you ever seen Homer watch Paint a Wagon or Paint Your Wagon on Simpsons? <laughs> no. He rents it by accident, not realizing it's a musical. And after about like two minutes of song, he gets up and he's holding a trash can and hits eject, and the VHS flies directly into the <laughs> trash. <laughs> No, Mark, they're singing again. That would have been me. <laughs> uh, I would argue that this movie, in a very late 90s, pre, like, proto-CGI, you know, pre-Matrix <clears throat> way, finds a way to bridge a bunch of the things we've talked about on this show, kind of bridges them into one movie, and then gives you the opportunity to play along, and, like, is it in her head? Is it not in her head? Oh, it's definitely not in her head because that guy just got beat to death by demon homeless people. But up until that point in the movie, you could argue it is in her head in the isolation from the shining and the, you know, scary neighbors and all this is causing her to lose her mind. The stress of not being able to have a child causing her to, you know, uh, take on additional stress. But then you also have like the seven element where you have all the different like impacts of sin but in this case it's the sin that impacts Keanu Reeves's character which is an interesting turn on what Seven did so mm-hmm. you know at first it's his own like uh you know vanity and his need to win which drives him to do these horrible things but then they kind of flip it around in the post twist where you find out that maybe this was all his like own religiously informed fear of what would happen to him right like that it's more than just like the movie didn't happen yet like you can justify the entire duration of the middle of this movie as like a split second projection of where his soul would go if he allowed himself to continue on the path he's on because he's so informed by his religious upbringing but then to allow it to then turn around and have you know the Al Pacino character which is referenced earlier being connected to that journalist character, have him pop up again and be like, ah, he thinks he got away, but he ain't got away yet, you know? Because they don't see me coming. Yeah. No, I don't think it's as bad as it should be. I I think it, like, it's not a great movie. It's pretty silly. And if you wanted to just take the piss out of it for an hour, you could, because it's a lot of, there's a lot of silliness in this movie. But yes, I think it does more than I expect it to when I realize how silly it is. It's a real mixed bag. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's that's better kinda than what Saul. I, that's kind of what I was saying. <laughs> like, the, the movie itself, like, not really, like, the execution, not great, but this, the, this, it has potential. It has a lot of potential. I think if the actor was different, like, if it was, originally it was a Brad Pitt movie, but I'm not saying Brad Pitt, but I mean somebody who can take that kind of material mm-hmm. and really mold it, I think it would have been... I don't think it was Better. the actor. I don't think it was the actor. I just never got behind the character because it just was so. Uh, hey, dude, it was like almost like watching <laughs> Bill and Ted's second movie, where yeah. he he represents the devil, man. Like it just <laughs> to me, I I I wasn't a big. Fi- it's I had, hard for me to be uh, for me to be critical of Keanu Reeves because I, I really like I love him I as love a person. The guy. Yes, but back then Like I don't know anyone who doesn't love the guy. And I like he's him now. Awesome. I like him now as John Wick and all like he's yeah. definitely grown on me. But these first couple years, like from ninety four yeah, not great to two thousand uh, when did Matrix come out? Like two thousand ninety nine, two thousand? Yeah, that's that's when he that was his Travolta in Pulp Fiction moment. Yeah, like, I mean I'm I'm glad that he didn't decide in nineteen ninety nine yeah, you know what? I'm not. I'm no good at this. I'm gonna do something else. I'm right. glad. I'm gonna do ro- romantic comedies now. Right. Exactly. Then we don't get the Matrix. Or just not act at all. Like I'm. I'm glad that he didn't give up 
and he became right. Neo and John Wick and all that. Um, but you know, this movie, not great, but it's better than you're giving it credit for. But it's definitely dated, so I can understand why you're not. Yeah, like when it came out, it was it was underrated, but it was one of those movies that. If all the other, because it came out, I think in the summer where a lot of movies came out in 97, if something else was sold out, yeah, let's go see Keanu Reeves and you go say it. Yeah. And then you're like pleasantly surprised because you're like, I wasn't planning on seeing this. I didn't drive to the theater to see this, but it's pretty good. And Pacino delivers 11 minutes of just gold at the end for, you know, people who like that kind of. I don't crescendo, know I... which I loved it back then. It's over the top, definitely. I'd say it's probably gold-plated doo-doo, <laughs> in my opinion. But it's... Let's talk about the end a little bit, because we, we, we really kind of, like, glossed over the fact that, you know, Dan was explaining what you know his theory of the movie and how... The bathroom Yeah, the, it's, just, it's just him being religiously, you know, with a religious upbringing and what would happen if he defended this guy and that's pretty much the whole movie is what he's thinking might happen, right? And which, yeah, thought crossed my mind too. But at the very end, the very, very end, when the reporter is, you know, talking to him, like basically talking him up, even though like he's about to be disbarred and he's like, oh, but you're going to be blah, blah, blah and this, that, and the other thing and like stroking his ego again. exactly right he's stroking his ego and i'm like there it is that's his weakness that's his yeah, that's whatever his like that's that that's you know it's like pride and, and and me as a viewer it was real it was really good because me as a viewer i'm saying with everything that you just learned counter reeves you need to recognize that right now and be like nah see that's and, what and leave and that would have been good because he would have saved himself like through that but instead you get Keanu Reeves kind of like leaving open like yeah okay and then the reporter morphing into what would have been fine is if like cut from that to another another scene a little short thing where the reporter is in the same room as having a drink with um so you just don't like the fact that the, he's disguised as this reporter? Yeah, like why is that though? I don't know. I because think it's like the somebody who's religious. The you, morphing thing was like not good to me. Like, well, maybe the technology's not there, but as the character of Satan, I don't think it was the technology. Portray I don't think what <sighs> you want to see. Like, I didn't take it as he thought all that stuff while looking in the mirror and he watched his entire life happen to his suicide after he found out his dad was Satan. I honestly think all that happened and this is a do-over. And no matter what, the master manipulator of Satan will always figure out a way to bring you to your, through free will, to bring you where he wants you. And if you're not strong-willed and you're driven by your vices or you're driven by your love of whatever sin that you embrace for him it's his pride it's vanity mm-hmm. uh even a little bit of uh coveting like he wants he wants yeah, a little bit yeah more of what everybody else has he's living kind of in a trailer in florida and he wants to be in manhattan he doesn't want to be in manhattan but once he sees it that he wants that lifestyle so a lot of lust. There's a lot of sin with that character. Yeah. Uh, and I think that at the end, that just shows you that the devil character figures out whatever way he needs to get you to where he wants you to be. So, yeah, it's open-ended. Did all that happen inside his head? And then it was like a a moment where he, that was all his religious oppression and whatever was basically mm-hmm. leading him or did that really happen and this is the the do-over and no matter what no matter how many do-overs no matter how many mulligans you get you're still going to go down that path because you're he's a master manipulator and he's going to take you where he wants you to get to go well he it, yeah i 
I get what it you're saying. I get what you're saying with one stipulation. Like you're saying it's 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 the devil or um you know Pacino is just is going to continue trying to get you over and over and over like again. Like Dan said, like Groundhog I don't, Day kind of thing. I don't think that it can be that. Because right. Because you wouldn't it get would a undermine the, the free will thing. It undermines exactly. the free will. That's right. exactly what I was saying. Like it, that it, makes the, sense. The devil doesn't doesn't force you to do anything. It's the free will thing. They have a whole conversation about the mm-hmm. free will thing. He just puts people in situations for them to do the things he wants. What they're going to do. do, right? Yeah, and and yeah, and he he's straight up, you know, open with Keanu Reeves' character about what his sin is and why he likes it so much and blah 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 blah, and then. I thought it was really beautiful how at the end the reporter was appealing to that. Mm-hmm. And and I'm seeing it happen and I'm like, "Oh, I'm getting this. I understand what I'm like I'm picking up what he's putting down and Keanu Reeves needs to realize this and he doesn't because it's packaged in a different way." Yes, and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then um and then he then the reporter morphs into the devil. But he was the devil the whole time because you have that whole conversation between Pacino and Keanu Reeves where he references directly the mannerisms of the journalist that kind of puts him up to going in and going balls out and and defending the bad guy at the beginning. Mm So, I mean, he, he gives you a hint there that maybe he was involved in that too. And then he paid off at the end when he actually is. Yeah. Hmm. I, mean, I I can buy into both theories. I I like the idea that that was his thoughts, and obviously in in our faith we don't believe you're going to get a do over. You're not going to get second chance at that decision. Yeah, you can certainly daydream. That's yeah, fine. Exactly. So I mean that makes more sense. <laughs> in from in a some forms situation. In, in in some form, this movie is a a a meditation. Okay. It's a Keanu Reeves meditation on his. Uh, personal uh spiritual life yeah and i didn't like the fact that his mother actually he fathered a child so bad uh, yeah it was like eh, i don't know about that and the and it's like and then the devil wants him to you know pacino wants him to you know make a baby with his half-sister What's with that, man? How do you make... Yeah, we should have definitely stuck more realistic, like in The Omen, where he wanted him to impregnate a jackal. That would have been a (laughs) lot more realistic. I mean, you're dealing with supernatural stuff, so it's like, you know, what you pick and choose is the things you like or don't like. These guys had to make a choice, and they went with one that was a lot more grounded than what we're used to seeing. Mm. And if you notice, he wasn't making it out of there. Once she gets impregnated... She was setting up for sacrifice. She was setting up daggers and stuff. So. Oh, you mean like? Uh, so I'm wondering if 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 uh, he was on uh, Count Reeves' character was on his way out anyway. After the deed was done, like praying mantis style. Yeah, because she, she was she, like a basic instinct. Like she was setting up sacrificial daggers and stuff. Yeah, I know. On that yeah, on that it. altar. Mm-hmm. So they're not gonna unless they were gonna. Sacrifice the baby, but the baby would have to just. No, they couldn't. They couldn't right? do that. So, yeah. So I'm curious about that. How that was supposed to. You guys go. didn't like the idea that he would appeal to the weakness of the mother as this young, naive, religious girl to like flex his religiosity by knowing all the Bible stuff as a way to like weaken her defenses. Like that's that's dark, but like it's pretty good. Oh yeah. No, I was fine with that. I just didn't like him being like the the actual seed I, of Satan. I, I liked like I liked the what you're saying, Dan. I liked that he flexed his Bible knowledge to mm-hmm. uh, manipulate a, a young Bible girl, because if you recall, that is exactly what the devil does in the Bible. Right, right. When it's a little self-referential, isn't it? Jesus is, goes goes into. Goes in the in in the desert to be tempted. Yeah, he says and you the, can have all this. Well, the devil uses scripture, right? To tempt Jesus. No, yeah, that's that that I'm fine with. I, that, it gave it a little bit of a gave his mother a lot of depth, and 
shows that she's weak as well. But I just, I have an issue with the whole, uh, you know, consummating and, and him being the product of that. I have an issue with the mother just seeing him, seeing Pacino and not immediately going, uh, yo bro, just FYI, that's your dad. And he's not a good dude. Right. I don't know, man. Greatest shame of her life. She's probably a little yeah. overwhelmed. I I didn't have a problem with her hiding it because it made sense. I did. Because it goes against everything she represents. <laughs> okay. In front of her son. I mean, basically proving her son right because he's kind of a fall away, kind of mocking her religion. Mm-hmm. And then if she's like, oh, I had this one night stand with this guy I met in New York City. And okay. He's your dad. I have a question. At what point do the devil's employees become demons? I don't know. Mm-hmm. They could always be demons. Because he never changed. Uh, I want to call him Will. What the hell is his character name? Milton? I don't know. Mi- no, uh, it's the Keanu Reeves character. Who cares? It's Pacino and Reeves. Lomax. He's Lomax. <laughs> yeah, Lomax. But I, went, I was looking for his first name. But Kevin. Kevin Lomax. Kevin. Kevin! Oh, I love when he signs <laughs> the... Uh, He's signing like a document and he just like writes the K mm. and you can tell that like that's how he writes it's his K. Keanu like K. that's yeah. his K. Like that's his K. He's <laughs> been writing it his whole life. That's my K, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, he's about to sign. Like I was waiting for it to just be like K. You know, like. Circle K. Just thought it was funny. I'm like. Weird things happen He's been writing that K his entire life. He can tell. It's natural. Yeah. I don't know. Way now, too, way too much. Did you guys catch the John Milton reference? Uh, well, yeah, because his last name is Milton, and his first name is John, just like John, John Milton, the author that wrote the Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost. Yeah. So they would, they didn't reach too far, you know. No, they didn't hide that one too much. They just let that one be. I don't. Uh, I don't even know the plot of that book. I know it's a classic, and I probably should. But. Go Wikipedia that and let us know how it goes. <laughs> Next week's episode, Dan connects Paradise Lost to Batman <laughs> Dark Knight. <laughs> exactly. Now, uh, a couple of things we didn't talk about with the cast and crew. The director, Taylor Hackford, uh, spent the 90s making music videos like you do, but uh, mm. also directed the movie Ray, which is like, a real movie. Uh, he did an officer and a gentleman. Yeah, yeah, very famous movie. And uh, against all odds, which was the eighties. And then he took a little break and did a Lionel Richie video. He didn't do that many music videos, really. It's just a Phil Collins and a Lionel Richie. But that's pretty Once good again, resume. Those those mid nineties directors, man. Everybody was. Well, it was easy work because in the eighties yeah. the videos were not that good. And then hey. the 90s, once Michael Jackson started showing how you could make a video in the late 80s, then they started getting real directors in there. Yeah. They're like, hey, we can make many movies. And you get Al Pacino on a subway describing a very specific scene to that, that dude that I was love self-threatening. That. That's, That's my a favorite good scene. scene. <laughs> uh, none of the demons were on shopping carts. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And yeah. that car hit when they hit that... Agent Weaver mm. or whatever, mm. that is a good car hit. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I wonder that if ranks the up there survived with... that. <laughs> that ranked up there with the uh the, the nanny in the omen. Damien! Yep. Mm. All for you. Mm. And then the <sighs> yank. Yeah. Yeah. In your face. Listen, I like the idea. It's got a lot of potential. Yeah. It had potential. It just didn't really execute yeah me. this was almost a schumacher film dan did you know that i believe it it looks like that era of schumacher you know no well it would have been more like flatliners eight uh, millimeter kind of eight millimeter well flatliners was kind of supernatural i've never and, seen flatliners and, it's got a new no. release coming out and i'm tempted to blind buy it but people keep telling me no you won't like it and they're probably right no, I mean, Lost Boys is probably his best. Yeah, but, that's uh, one we're going to need to see, I think. Yeah. On this but show. Flatliners is pretty good. But I, I think Flatliners kind of, 
was underrated because it came out after Lost Boys. But it has a good cast, and it's a good premise. I don't think you would hate it. I just think it's definitely, uh, I don't know. Maybe a, a rental more than a buy. Maybe give it a try. Yeah. See if you like it. I don't think it's worthy of a 4K. But it's cool. I mean, it's Kevin Bacon. Julie Roberts. The bacon good, ca- good cast. Well, let's tell George what he's watching next week. Next week? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to watch a movie. A movie. A movie. An iconic uh, movie for people my age. Is it? Oh, man. Hmm. Um, we're going to watch Wild Things. Wild Things. Wild Things. Don't rent where the wild things are. It's totally <laughs> different. The discussion will seem very disjointed. <laughs> it's a child's book. It is not a child's book. Wild Things. Wild Things. You make my heart sing. Yes. So you make everything. You have no idea what that groovy. is, right? What? Wild Things. Cero. Interesting. Well, that'll be fun. Cero. Going in blind. Mi amigo. Hmm. This I saw multiple times in the theater. I imagine you did. Because I was working there when it came out. Wild things. So we're talking 90s. Okay. <sighs> was that like 95, 96? No, it's demons? later than that. Was it 98? Do people morph in it? There's no morphing. Okay, good. You might morph. Uh, 98. 98. Hey. Yeah, I was just about to leave. <laughs> just about to leave. That's when the shit hit the fan in the old theater world. because you kept spending all your time in the theater watching Wild Things. You're supposed to be working. Wow. Uh, off hours, off hours. There's a TV show, Pin 15, on Hulu, I believe. It's a very strange show with a very odd premise, but uh, it's two adult actors, uh, adult-aged actors. Women in their 30s playing themselves as middle schoolers, but the rest of the cast is age appropriate. So it's like these two 30 year old ladies going to middle school. It's. Oh, so it's like Billy Madison. Yeah, but they're playing 12 year olds. Okay. So it's like the episode of Rick and Morty where uh, Rick um, transfers his consciousness into a younger clone of himself so that he can go to middle school. Except that they still look like 30 year old women. Acting like 12-year-olds. It's very strange. It, it's not a show that I ever thought, would have thought that I'd like. And in fact, it's wonderful. And I highly recommend it. They have an entire episode about wild things. Mm. And it's, it's perfection. So, I'm looking forward to him being introduced to a new actor. Not the one we talked about, but the other one in it. Yeah. I'm interested to see how that goes. Plus, he'll see some familiar faces. Yeah. Wild things. Wild things. Well, thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. Stick around for a little post-credits notes on uh, The Prestige. We'll get our follow-up, we promised last week. And uh, maybe a relevant conversation to next week. And maybe not. We don't know because George doesn't know what wild things entails. But we talk about Merkins. Stick around. Hey, uh, before we leave, did you guys ever rewatch Prestige? Do you want to go back through those? Uh... I didn't. I didn't rewatch it, but I oh. did do a lot of thinking about it. Where are you at with Prestige right now? How you feeling? Um. I like it more now that I've I, yeah, sat down. Me too. Rewatch me too. Some I stuff. like I like again what you said. Basically, that they don't cheat. It's a very no. Uh, it's right there. Yeah. It they, it's not even like Sixth Sense cheat. Like they didn't cheat in that movie either, but they kind of played with camera angles and whatever. Mm-hmm. And this one really doesn't do that. At they all. Ju- yeah. They I mean they used disguises, but but that wasn't that was part of but they showed you something was weird about him yeah of course like that he's a guy in disguise you knew that right you know away. he's a guy in disguise right. so the makeup yeah. wasn't that great it looked like definitely a disguise yeah so you knew it was a guy in disguise he had to be in disguise um but you had to put two and two together mm. and the hundred body stuff 
made more sense the second time watching it too. So gnarly. Especially when you really consider that like you as Hugh Jackman Prime are going to drown. Like there's no chance that you're going to teleport. So you are putting yourself through a torturous death with the hope that your clone gets to do the next one and it's the one that's worth it. Like that's, ooh, yikes. Mm. But what it does not address is how, how a clone, like they never discuss this when he's hanging with Tesla or anything, like obviously because they're using cats and hats, <laughs> but they never really establish if everything transfers. Like in the clone world, even though you might be a clone of the person, you're not, you don't have the same behaviors, the same uh, life experiences or whatever. Well, that's so why I don't like the using the word person. clone because it's not right. exactly accurate. It's a duplicate. It's a copy. It's it duplicate, is a true yeah. duplicate. And that's why they show you the hats and then the cat. And then you have that quick interaction when he duplicates himself and shoots himself. You mm-hmm. know, the idea that when he becomes aware of where he is as this duplicate, immediately he's like, oh God, no, now you're going to shoot me because I know exactly where you were going with this before you copied yourself. Right. So it's there. It's not beaten over the head, but, you know, it's there for you to mine. Yeah, that that little sequence where he duplicates himself and then shoots himself and the reaction of the duplicate before before the duplicate is shot, it definitely does some explaining without actually saying anything. Yeah. Which is cool. I like I like to see things like that. Yeah, no, especially I'm a fan. especially second time around, it, it is not that I watched it a second time, but I've thought of it. Like I said, I did some thinking about it. I like it. I like the movie. I do. It's one of those movies that I would watch multiple times, but maybe not a full sit down. Like just kind of pop it in chap and chapter jump. Yeah, big fan. Good pick, Dan. Yay! Finally. Took me from no country <laughs> till now <laughs> to find another one that was good, but we did it. Well, I mean, those two were mainstream movies and everything else was kind of like niche. So Me niche yeah. what? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard to get somebody to I mean, what was it? Like I don't know. I the more I think about it, the hitchhiking <laughs> movie Road Games still sucked. But it's <laughs> it at least uh, had Rogue, some charm. Road game was was good. Road game rocks, man. It sucked for me because I was uh, looking forward to the killer being cool, and he wasn't. Nah. And I wanted the movie to f- have the same feel as the first ten minutes, and it didn't. So it was a bait and switch. It's I okay. wasn't happy about it. Angry. Well, you might that have a little bit me. of that. That this, happens uh... to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. George has liked three of the hundred movies we've watched. Well, because I think a lot of times I go into a movie not knowing what to expect at all. Yeah, but that got you to a good place with, with uh, a few of them. A f- yeah, a few of them. You're right. But, I mean, I think some of them might have been better if I had, if I had known. Like, if you had le- at least had said, like, okay, so this is a serious movie or mm. this is you know g- you know the, the effects on this are not going to be great but what we're looking for what you're pa- paying attention to this movie for is for this kind of stuff then i might enjoy it while i'm watching mm. it more or maybe you just the way we do it now to like yeah, hey well, this the, movie what is this movie doing hey i guess this is what this movie's doing yeah i could i could do that and i think and a going lot of times in with an open I mind Sometimes a lot of times I have those realizations when you're explaining to me why I should like the movie. I have those, you know, I I come to the realization on the mic while we're doing this, which I guess is cool. That's the whole point. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like, you know, basic instinct, we didn't tell you, hey, there's one scene that's become really famous because people are, uh, you know, uptight (laughs) and, Mm. and shocked easily by human anatomy. And then the rest of the movie is no longer remembered. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, there was that scene. And the movie was okay. But instead, you went in like, hey, this movie rocked. Oh, that's the scene that got famous? You know? So uh, that 40 was 40 minutes in the episode, well, we mentioned the scene. Yeah, no. When I, <laughs> when I watched that movie and the scene came up, it was, I I didn't know about the scene. But when it happened, I was like, whoa. Yeah. But also, there was so much more in that scene than just that that yeah. I was enthralled with. Yeah. So. Can it, I can I jump in on on that comment because that's what? 
what Dan said. That scene was not famous because of people were uptight and it was like anatomy situation. It was big because it was a A-list actress showing full frontal in a mainstream movie that you didn't have to get on Cinemax. Like, it was a big deal. Well, it but it's a big deal with... because in this country, we're very uptight with nudity, where if that scene had happened in a European movie with a famous A-list European actress, nobody in Germany is going to bat an eye. That's going to be a 16-rated movie. It's a famous Germany actress. Like, it's not mainstream. It's just mainstream in Germany. Well, I think you're betraying your, like, Americentric... Uh, Perspective. No, I just think in America, it's it, that situation. I mean, we've had a lot of nude scenes in movies. Uh, plenty of them were iconic. Go back to Bo Derek, and you can do Fast Times. You can do, you know, every decade or every year, there was like a big movie that had nudity in it where it was like, oh, wow, that's hot. But then, like, this movie was iconic for a different reason. It wasn't because she showed, because she really didn't show much. If you think about it, couldn't really see detail. This is, this it's not is like where, the, this is where we need a video podcast because yeah. he said he just said that didn't really see much, and I was like, "What?" Maybe in 4K, it looks a lot better. But I mean, when you when you're watching on VHS, no pun yeah. intended, it's kind of fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it's not but like I mean, you're that's what I'm trying to tell detail. you, man. Like, yeah, that is an American identity thing that you have, like a girl take her top off in a movie in the eighties. And it's an iconic scene because a girl in a movie took her top off, but like in no, not a girl, that girl. Well, but in Germany they have mm. that girl, but she's but not still Germany. It's oh, not Demi geez, Moore. Please. It's no, do you understand though? It's like, are you saying that German American... actresses are not big in America? No, but German but actresses American are, big, actresses in Germany, are big, big in Germany, but their American actresses are big around the world. Like, if it's Gal Gadot, all right, Gal Gadot does a nude scene, which she has. She does a topless scene in the movie. It's going to be a bigger deal than if, if uh, Francine Boisois did a topless scene in some French movie. And like, is this because Gal Gadot is an American actress? Noted American no, actress, she, Gal Gadot. She's, a, she's famous <laughs> here because she was wonderful. I, sometimes I can't argue with him. I know she's from Israel. I know she's an actress from overseas. I'm not an idiot. That's why I'm on here, I hope. Yeah. What I'm saying is she's famous for being Wonder Woman, which is a kid's character. She became huge in American movies playing Wonder Woman, and that's why she's famous. Otherwise, she'd be some chick in an Israeli movie or a soap opera. No one's ever heard she of was a no soap opera actress. Yeah. No one knew how she was until she came to America and did a big, huge friggin' movie. So it's a Hollywood actor, is what you're talking yes. about. Okay, Somebody who's like ten million dollars a, a a movie. If if Hollywood, uh, if Joe Schmo does Full Frontal, doesn't matter. If Jim Carrey did Full Frontal or Jason Segel did Full Frontal in one of his movies, it was a big deal because it's Jason Segel. He's a TV actor. He it was he's a comedian. He's an it was American odd. TV actor. But here's the thing: I'm trying to get across, and I feel like you're. It's that meme where it's like, "Oh, you're so close." Americans are really uptight about nudity, and Hollywood, being an American institution, is also uptight about nudity. So you're making my argument for me. I think by accident. No, no, because I know what you're saying. Yes, the country has regulations and whatever. I'm not talking about re- a, regulations. I'm talking about cultural expectations and norms. But you don't think it's... A, you think we have an issue with nudity in this country? I mean, you have a hundred movies a year coming out with a shit ton of nudity. It's the A-list actors that do it makes it a big deal. It's not the nudity that's the big deal. It's the fact that Goldie Hawn did it. But if the She's nudity wasn't a big deal inherently, you wouldn't care about Goldie Hawn doing it. But it, it, it would be a big deal for someone who doesn't do it. But why wouldn't they do it unless it was a thing? Because maybe not they spent their life as a Disney actress. Because or maybe they spent their life doing maybe stand-up comedy. Because it's a cultural thing. 
yeah. the reason why they never did it before. But I mean, that's or the maybe thing they that's were like, above it. They felt they were above nudity in the movie. So when they did it, it was a big deal. Yeah, they finally lowered themselves to our level or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. All this is just... Lowering. There's a... Well, you said they were above it. And so if they were above no, it, in and their now mind, they've done it, they've the, lowered in their themselves. Mind, in their mind, they're above it. So they're not going to do that. Why should I do that? I'm already an established actress. I don't have to do the casting couch bullshit. I don't have to do nudity to make myself famous. I'm already famous. I have two Oscars. If if that doesn't if that's not uptight, that that's I'm a ten, fifteen million dollar movie actress. I don't need to do nudity, but the script is really good. I might get an Oscar for playing this prostitute. All of a sudden, Elizabeth Shue is showing full frontal in a movie. She wins an Oscar for being a prostitute. And it's a big deal because that's the chick from Karate Kid who you never thought you would have seen naked. It's I I know what you're saying. There's an uptightness in this country because we, you know, whatever. But to me, if there's a shit ton of people that are naked and you don't even know their first name, it doesn't matter because they're always going to be third, fourth tier actresses showing some whatever. But when Sharon Stone did it, it was a big deal. So even if she, even if you didn't see her f- with her legs open, but she did a lot of nudity in the movie, but you never saw that that part of her, even when she opened her legs, it was kind of blacked out and you couldn't really see. It still would have been an iconic thing to do that because most women didn't do that in a movie, other than shit you could rent at at an you know behind the curtain, or in Germany. Or in Germany. Or France. And for your argument in Germany, there's a large amount of movies made in Europe that are terrible, but people rent them and buy them because they have nudity in them, and they're just terrible movies. Okay, so can I um, maybe give give you guys some perspective here? Dan, I don't know if you realize this, but when you say we're uptight about that, then that is kind of giving our uptightness a negative connotation. Are you aware of that? Yes. Okay. Travis, would you rather have your country be uptight about it and then when it happens, it's special? I don't care either way. I was just trying to... Okay, because I feel like maybe the uptightness is what makes it exciting for us. Right? I think the mystery because is what makes it exciting. Exactly. Right. The mystery Exa- of that person. Exactly. Of that person. And Not yeah, because, well, the mystery, oh, we can't the, see boobies. Well, like, the uptightness is... You want to see boobies, you can see them everywhere. Listen, the uptightness, <laughs> uptight. the uptightness is... I, I believe the uptightness exists. I don't necessarily know if it's a bad thing or not. Because do I want to see that in every single movie? No, I don't need that. Like I I don't like it in every single movie. Right. It 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 cheapens it. Like that's why I don't like foreign movies. It's like nudity everywhere. It's cheap over there. Like it's it's you know, yeah, they put it out there cuz it's normal cuz they're not uptight about it, but it's just fucking it's like bleh. No clothes in anybody. Sickening. Cool firecrackers. Everyone's naked, so who gives a fuck? I don't want that. I want the nobody's naked, so when someone's naked, wow, that's what I want. So I think that... And to me, I'm thinking, okay... The phenomenon that Dan is 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 talking about exists, but I don't mind that it exists. No, I know it exists, but I'm saying it's not special because of that. It's special because it's Halle Berry. It's special because it's Sharon Stone. It's not special because Joanne is taking her shirt off in a movie. That's what I'm saying. Dan, you're right. Travis is not getting it. No, he's not getting it. And it's okay. Uh, we only have so much time and so much hard drive space, so we might have to what move is on. Not get- but you're not getting explain it. Explain to me what I'm not getting. The thing you're I think, and I'm just, uh, let's put a pin in that conversation specifically, but if we're still talking about Basic Instinct, I find it interesting that that movie has, off the top of my head, at least two very explicit softcore sex scenes Yes. that involve murder <laughs> and people yeah. get upset because she's uncrossed her legs for a second. And that's exactly. the scene that people remember. I mean, guys, 
this is what I'm trying to get to. It's not just the nudity. It's the fact that we reacted that way to the nudity, but also like she kills that dude in a graphic well, yeah. fashion. Hypocr- hypocrisy is a, a totally different conversation and that you're 100% right there. Yes, that would be silly to be mad about the And and also open like, shot. We know that the that she that her murdering someone on film is not real, but no, right, but the so violence, that's like yeah, so, yeah, whatever, F- yeah, fake violence on film. That's we see that every day, but like it would be one thing if she was wearing like a prosthetic and did that and All opened right. her legs. It's like, well, you mean you like know, Dark Diggler? What I'm saying is, if <laughs> yeah, exactly. What I'm saying is, you could compare the two if she was wearing a prosthetic. No one would be excited to see a fake. You know, they, they wear Merkins all the time in today's Hollywood. Uh, well, on TV, right? Because there's no full frontal in movies because of the MPAA or whatever. But HBO shows uh, shows on pay cable and, and Netflix and those. You'll see a lot of Merkins, which are exactly what you're crudely describing. Uh, it's basically a wig <laughs> for your... I don't know your, what a Merkin is. It's yeah. a wig for your pubic region. It's a dicky for your dicky. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't, you didn't know maybe that that was a thing, but that is actually no, a thing at all. Pretty common nowadays because of the way, uh, the world is at the moment. Interesting. So, but yeah, it's apples to oranges. It's Fake just murder it's, versus real. It's interesting that, <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting that, you know, uh, we in this country are like, Oh, Hey, you know, Watched a movie where only 200 people got shot and blown up with bombs in a crazy action-packed thing where I was actually cheering for the guy doing most of the killing, but, like, it did show a pair of boobies, so it better get an R rating. I would run from that person, because that's not special. It's not. It, It doesn't seem something to write home about. So what? There's nudity in a movie. It's not special. True? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. feel like you've given me enough to true or false that. Nud- nudity in American movie is not special. I mean, it is and it isn't. It is these it's days, really man. Depends on what it, depends on what well, it is. Well, these days, maybe. Because everything is whined about. But we're talking about back when this came out, there was nudity everywhere. There was a distinct lack of nudity... I mean, really, nineties in the mid to late nineties, it starts to slow down, and and since then, the PG thirteen thing has really kicked in. But it's weird because as nudity in movies has calmed down, nudity on pay TV has like ramped up real high. What's funny is why was a kid PG yeah. got you boobs and curse words, <laughs> and then PG thirteen was like worse than R sometimes because they were pushing envelopes. And then PG thirteen changed to like you get one F word and some cleavage. Yeah. And if you go any further than that, you're no longer PG thirteen. It's weird. I don't expect us to come to answers, but I think it is interesting too. Yeah. I don't know. I just think like a Julianne Moore getting naked is way more special than Joe Bob Smith getting preg- getting getting pregnant. I agree. Getting naked. I that's I, why I always I, thought I that was special. I agree with both of you. I never. I almost run screaming from people who are like, "Oh, that's a that's that scene. That's the basic instinct scene. It's 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 taboo." I kind of like, feel really. Like, it's like, yeah, you don't you don't get it. It's it's not just... taboo. What? No, no, no. I'm saying that person doesn't get yeah, it. Yeah, that's like, just to me. That's not why it was. Or like, at or like as... the person's like, you got to see this movie. This person gets naked. Right. It's like, get out of here with that. But that did happen. Like in Swordfish, Halle Berry did a topless sunning scene mm-hmm. before she did Monster's Ball where she had a sex scene but this was Holly Berry from the 90s who was like kind of pretty prudish and all of a sudden she's doing a topless scene in Swordfish so everybody guys went with their girlfriends because the girls wanted to see Hugh Jackman and the guys were like oh my god Holly Berry's finally doing something which she would never have done the ten, first 10 years of her career Right. So it was a big deal. Not because it was nudity, but because it was Halle Berry nudity. I think there's a lot more to unpack there that maybe we should just... You think? Yeah, let's just hop off here and just say that last thing you said. Just think about that for a week and we'll talk next week. 
don't even know what that means. I know. <laughs> was there something wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with it. You just, yeah, I'm. I get what I get. What you're both are saying, like Dan is like, what you're saying is proving his point. Okay. And uh, if you can't see that, that's fine. It's it is what it is. I'm taking his point as the people, the religious right that were protesting movies that have no, no, have no, nudity no, no it's just no. cultural. No, different levels of cultural. You have the religious right that are protesting because there's a nipple in a movie, and then you have the people that are protesting because you have it's too much nudity. You have all kinds, and then of you have people, people are like, ah, oh, it's nudity, nudity. But it, but I was not thinking of those people when I said that it was special, and that's why Basic Instinct made. The big deal that it made no, was because we're not it should talking, have just been a cinematic movie. We're not talking about those, pe- those far, uh, those those. All right, can we just trash prudish. this episode and throw it away? <laughs> we're not talking about those prudish <laughs> people a, either. Man. We're talking about the culture, like the culture, the culture in America. Yeah, it's yeah, America. America really? is like really, really filled with lots of very different. Where people. you can wear like a see-through dress at church and be commemorated i don't the, what that new culture we're talking about i don't know that anyone's no, ever worn a see-through about... dress to church and god well, i'm saying like the the culture today is so i'm saying a thing that's sexualized. completely made up that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man i mean it's just interesting it's all interesting i don't know i'd rather live in a culture where nudity is special that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying Okay. And the culture is that way. It is that way. No, it is. Like to an extent. Like way more than it is in Europe. Here, it's just like that's kind of like almost common, common knowledge. I knew that since I was a kid. Absolutely. Like we don't have nude 100%. beaches here. Yes. Very much. You're they right. have them all over there. Is it true that French babes don't shave their pits? Some don't. But they got nude beaches. Not in the winter. Like. I understand that. There's like tits on TV commercials over there. Yes. Like, you know, like it's just culturally it's it's different here. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. I mean, Dan is saying it one way and you're and I'm saying that yeah, I'm agreeing that it exists, but it's I don't mind it cuz it's special. Okay. I don't know. All right, very good. Thanks for listening. Yeah, next week ought to be late.